So there's obviously not that much diversity like in shaping. Yeah. So how do we create boards that are like for a diverse population, you know? Great and question. That's an amazing question. Yeah. Would you like a job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's an amazing question. Um, and it's true. Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Leighton. On this episode, it's the recording of the Q&A session that we did at the Bristol Board Shapers Expo. Yeah, the Bristol Board Shapers Expo. Great good day. day. It yeah, was a good, good day. couple of days, actually. Yeah. yeah. So and it was the first one as well. thought it was really good. Yeah, really good time. Loads of shapers and makers and just people, people. in the industry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the thing I enjoyed um, probably the most was just meeting like-minded people yeah just chatting and you know having a laugh and it, it was a good day it was a great Let's day surf in devon who came down incognito didn't introduce himself until he left and he went yeah i met you earlier it's yeah, like yeah the elusive surf yeah. in devon guy the elusive surf in devon <laughs> nobody knows who he is yeah. <laughs> um yeah before we get into this don't forget if you head over to north core and you can use the discount code ss2022 that is ss2022 and that will get you 15 percent off anything you order from north core and we now have surface wetsuits on board so if you'd like 10 percent off a surface wetsuit go over to their website and type in the code the uk surf show 10 that's all uppercase with no spaces and you're 10 percent off a surface wetsuit yes and you will talk about wearing your new surface wetsuit at the end of the show yeah so i tried mine out and i've also tried out the Solite boots and i'll talk about them at the end yeah, so we're going to the Surf Shapers Expo now, which was held at Campus Pool Skate Park in Bristol. And should say thank you to Andre for putting that on because he did an absolutely sterling job of yeah, putting that on. And some of the audio, so the the, the guys were going to come up to ask the questions uh, at the microphone, but some of the kind of responses to the answers were not at the microphone. So it kind of makes sense, but you have to bear with us. Yeah. Trying to record a live podcast with questions and answers from the audience is a very difficult job. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was difficult because the, the room was quite small. It wasn't small, but it, it was small. It's like a cafe, it was and the intimate. walls were yeah, it was intimate. But because the speakers were then bouncing off the walls and coming back, I had an audio nightmare. You don't even want to. I won't even go into it. But <laughs> it, we got there, and uh, you'll hear this is what it is. So here we go. The uh, Bristol Board Shapers Expo. Before we start, I just want to say a massive thank you to Andre for putting this on. Uh, it's really nice of him. So a round of applause for Andre. Do you? Yeah, this is showcasing, you know, the Bristol surf scene, which is great. Uh, come on in, mate. So uh, I'll just introduce ourselves if uh, you don't know who we are. So Pete and I host uh, a podcast called the UK Surf Show. We've interviewed a lot of these guys. Um, I mean, the other day, somebody called us the Bill and Ted of the surf scene, which is like... So I it's thought that was fair. because, you know, maybe we're cool. Uh, no, I thought it was because, like, we just can't use our instruments. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably what it is. Yeah, it. We're just rubbish at what we love, <laughs> so um, that's probably what it is. Uh, so anyway, uh, if you've got any questions for these guys, all these guys are the, the shapers. We're going to do the Timper Shapers after this, along with Logfin Co. and Arbro Surfboards and all the other guys. But um, so these guys are the, the other shapers. So if you'd like a question, there's a question mic here. All this has been recorded for the podcast. So if you want to hear yourself on the podcast, 
feel free. It's no a really pressure. nice experience listening to yourself, you know. You, you, it's <laughs> something you have to get used to. Yeah, but so. um, Mike is open to questions. So we have Dom from Origin Surf Co. We have Leaf Surfboards. We have um, Untold Surfboards and we have Phoenix Surfboards. So if there's any questions for these guys about anything at all, they said they'll answer all personal questions. It's not a problem at all, even down to bank details. So, you know... Yeah, yeah. Please uh, come up to the mic and ask a question. If not, we can kick it off, can't we? We can wing it. We can wing it. Do you want yeah. me to go over to that mic and make it real? No, no? do it okay. there. Okay, I'll sit down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so guys, absolutely brilliant. How, if we should go around, how do you go through the process of shaping a board and where do you start? Go on, Tom, you kick it off. Uh, yeah, so I guess everyone will do this stuff differently. Um, for me, it starts with questions, lots of questions. Um, typically, uh, my, my custom book is, uh, is pretty full, so I don't do a lot of stock boards and a lot of custom work, and it's all about understanding exactly what that customer needs before I start designing anything. Um, I want to know what they're riding, what works for them, what doesn't work, and, and, and really hone in on what they need to be happy. So, yeah. Yeah. Is that the same for you guys, or yeah. there's a mic just down there for you? Yeah, similar process of just really ironing out what their issues are, what they kind of like and dislike from old boards and what they kind of want to achieve with their surfing and then trying to dial that conversation into a design. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it would be uh, yeah, how people want to surf and also where they want to surf as well. It mm-hmm. comes into it, like the waves that they like to surf and yeah, how they want it to feel basically is it help yeah. seeing like, video footage of somebody surfing then because like with, with the wave now does it make your job easier uh yeah for sure yeah. yeah 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 and what about yourself ben yeah it's very similar really and and yeah just getting honesty out, out of the customer as well and making sure you know exactly what they need out of it you know yeah Rather than how skills. they think how they, they surf. think they surf, because <laughs> yeah. 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 I know you know I'm the best surfer out there, obviously. Yeah, of course. Which is what a lot of Aren't people think. Yeah, that's <laughs> what a lot of people think when they come to you. Is is that yeah. a really difficult thing to to get out of people how they honestly surf? Or? Yes, it is. Yeah, but if you ask them, you know, enough, then they'll they'll generally. Quite how how often does that translate into the design of the board? Where you know, if someone's if someone's not exactly honest on how they how they surf or they think they surf in a different way how do you know what I'm trying to say how, yeah, how what, difficult what the is that perform yeah perform the way they need it to you know yeah. they won't have enough foam or you know they won't be able to catch the waves they won't be able to do turns you know it would just compromise whatever whatever's needed really yeah uh, so the gentleman that just joined us there is uh, Connect Surf is that right Surf Connection Surf Connection um, so he supplies all of the components for shapers. Um, you might see them in the corner and you can see the board blanks um, and the resin they use and all the, um, the cloth and things like that. So obviously somebody asked to, to ask a question. Does anybody have any questions at all about you looking at buying a custom board or you know, interested in and how all this shaped or made in any way? Um, and please ask a question. <laughs> Okay, can can shapers ask other shapers questions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can really catch each other right, really, can't you? Because you know, like, why it's a difficult question. So, yeah. No, that's that's mean. That's mean. That's really mean. <laughs> <laughs> I do 
I mean, it's 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 sort of the social equivalent of a drop-in, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Okay, who's going to kick off? Who's going to take the first play? Give us a topic. Okay. Um, no, I can't say things, can I? Because you'll get really angry at say things. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so um, let's just go for uh, the board shape <coughs> because long board and short boards rivalry is always uh, is always a nice topic to, to talk about. So um, let's kick that off there, Mike. You know, how do you guys feel about those two, two different shapes? Yeah, I'll jump in. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't care, to be honest. Um, no, I wasn't thinking in terms of my customers and what they ride. I was thinking in terms of myself. I ride it all. I, my quiver ranges from 5'10 up to 11 foot. And I ride all of it because I'm, I'm genuinely in love with these crafts and they all work differently and the only way to really understand that I think is to ride them all just try stuff and see how it goes so that's what I do I build it all I ride it all I love them all (laughs) (laughs) I think there's um, there's also a kind of crossover um, into the sort of I guess you can call them alternative or hybrid surfboards which are kind of really kind of big chunky supportive boards built for mush slushy mm. slushy waves that yeah. kind of we get a lot of and i think the great thing about them is that they they take elements from long boards and short boards mm-hmm. and you really can kind of sandwich parts of one with parts of the other and yeah. and you you think that they wouldn't go together and that they would make it kind of react in a really stale way but sometimes they kind of work magically you can yeah. take kind of longboard rail design and the fact it's kind of really straight and elements like that and make kind of short boards quite straight and less circular and things like that yeah and the the design elements kind of can sometimes bind really nicely yeah so it's a bit of like a artist's interpretation of uh for sure your own board your own shape and we were talking about this earlier actually once you so you shape that lovely so not a lot of people people probably understand what the term is when it's called pick so yeah. there's, a, there's a board in there um, called a pig, <laughs> which make, doesn't make it sound very nice. But I don't know where the name came from. It wasn't very well chosen. I don't think. No, no. <laughs> but you kind of did a really good sales pitch. Cause that yeah, really about, well, well, about so. seven years <laughs> before I started shaping boards myself, I, um, I kind of got into this stuck area, which probably a lot of surfers do, where you want to do things. And it doesn't matter what board you're on, you can't do them. And then that's when I always started make, making my own boards and saw these Californian pig shapes and thought, well, they look really loose and fun. So why aren't there more of it? This is before they became actually quite popular. Why aren't aren't they more in the UK? And now a lot of my shapes are either, well, longboards anyway, are um, pigs or whether... Basically what a pig is, is when the Y point is below the centre line, which basically makes the board more responsive. You get waves earlier... Um, the board sits on a higher line it's, it's a bit of a no-brainer for me but I took the Californian kind of extreme pig which is like really fat at the bottom and then tapered up the top but made it more refined so it's more for British waves where we don't have like point breaks at every given opportunity and classic powerful surf so yeah I mean so I think you described it as a mild pig a mild pig <laughs> yes 
<laughs> too many jokes. Too many jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so do, you, do any of you ever, or have you come across customers where you just think, I can't help you? There's, do you know what I mean? You get that? Not including Pete. Not including Pete. Then no. No. You, you can't gel with the same person, or is everything quite flexible and you, always, you can always find a way around it? I guess it's difficult when you're... Um, you're working with someone who's kind of obsessive about getting better instead of just enjoying it and it's kind of much more fun to work with someone who's obviously interested and wants to know exactly why their board's doing what it does but they're there to have just a great day out instead of someone who is really trying to develop themselves and develop their style and develop this develop that kind of a bit like do, do those people kind of tell you a bit more in detail what they want and you think, no, that doesn't work. No, no, I think everyone's different. I just think some people are just really pushing the having fun side of it and some people are just really pushing the, like, getting better at something. Right, and it's right. kind of much more fun to work with people who just want to have a good day out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. Well, what about the, the volume topic, which is, like, kind of more... Seen a few eyes flicker then. <laughs> everyone. <"Ooh." laughs> I mean, you know, like ten years ago, did any any customers come to you and ever ask about volume, or it just wasn't a thing then? I think it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely much more on on customers' radars, um, the volume thing. I I don't really have an issue with that. I think it's quite useful. It's definitely better than, you know. I think back to the nineties when. I mean, no one even spoke about width or thickness. It was just like, oh, yeah, I'm riding a 610. You know, these little potato chips that had no volume in them at all, and no one, no one thought about that. You know, like, um, and now it's kind of swung back the other way where everyone's like, or many people are hyper-focused on volume, and, and that's kind of useful in a way, um, but it's not everything. Uh, it's a lot about where the volume is, and um, even if that's the right volume for you and the right shape for you in the break that you're at and with your fitness level and your skill level because, you know, the, the right volume for John John isn't the right volume for you. It doesn't matter if you're the same height and, and yeah. weight. You know, it's, there's so much more that goes into it and, um, you know, you've got to have the ability to drive it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think a lot of people get trapped in that as well, like what you're saying. Like they, it's kind of maybe a marketing thing. A lot of people will get pushed on these... Um, like short boards and wanting to be like a pro surfer and hardly anyone's a pro surfer you know realistically like you're saying the board that works with john john at pipeline it's not going to work for you here uh, we don't get those waves and you're not that good so like chill out <laughs> um and yeah there's a lot of places to put foam in a surfboard where you're still going to get performance and you're going to get the volume that you want if you distribute it correctly, it's, yeah, you're going to rip on it and you're going to have a good time. And that's what people should focus on rather than just, yeah, just yeah. doing the mental down card that you see John John doing at sunset or whatever. It's yeah. like, I, th- I think yeah. one of the big things in surfing at the moment is become it's a lot more technical. You know, board technology is advanced. And with that, you get things like volume and all manner of stuff and all vector fiberglass and all this stuff. So it's some kind of an evolution of surfing in some ways. There's a part of it that's almost gone to like formula one area <laughs> yeah yeah. Cycling. yeah 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 so i think that's a big part of the so volume thing on on that on that topic do all of you use the same materials to from start to 
finish or is there a difference in what all of you use? Yeah. Do you want to go through what you what you use in, as in shaping materials? Yeah, I mean, um, I personally, I, I'm quite traditional in the materials I use. I don't really know what everyone else does, to be honest, but I think, yeah. But look, I, I prefer working with, with PU blanks. Um, I think it it yields a really long-lasting, high-performing product. It's not the cheapest way to build a board, but it is good. Um, I like I like working with traditional resins as well and doing resin tints and that sort of thing. Um, I think like there's a lot of window dressing in in board technology. So like you see a lot of PU constructed boards, for instance, that have carbon fiber in them, and it doesn't really work like if you cut that open that carbon fiber is dry inside um the polyester resin doesn't penetrate it so you know uh it's not necessarily an advance it's just holding some extra resin there and so i don't i don't do that stuff but anyway um yeah that's what i do i'm pretty traditional i like it i don't care what you say stuff you (laughs) (laughs) what about you guys oh sorry yeah i'm traditional too I'll stick with you there. Um, and, you know, polyester resin I, I like because I use a lot of colour work and epoxy, you do, can do colour work, but generally if you want colour work, you know, when, when I mean colour work, I mean tinting resin, so you get that translucent colours. Epoxies, you can do it, but it's a lot easier and it looks better in polyester. And it's a bit easier to work with, not as temperamental. And, um, yeah. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah, well, um, Gary, do you want to come in and talk about uh, epoxy? And, but we use uh, Dave's fiberglass. And, uh, <laughs> 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 we love Dave. And, I mean, because, uh, you know, I mean, we don't think it's true that uh, it's easier to use uh, tints with uh, polyester. I mean, uh, you can you can tint and colour with uh, epoxy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, there's various ways you can colour with epoxy as well um, <clears throat> you know you can obviously do the traditional method where you would dye a bit of your base resin and then as soon as that hits the glass you get that real intense pigment you know and then you can continue your lamination over the top with your clear epoxy or uh, with epoxy because there's no starine in it, there's no solvents in it, you can use other water-based pigments, mm-hmm. such as really high quality, just really good high quality acrylic paint. So it doesn't kill the shape So it does, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Sorry, Pete loves fiddling with his knobs. Um, so what about buying a board off the shelf? So a lot of people will fall into the trap of, uh, like you said before, like surfing pipeline. Though, do you find those boards just don't work in the UK at all? Or do you need to be such a good level of surfer to be able to make them work? Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of comes back to sort of volume and shape as well. Mm. Um, it all kinds of works together. And yeah, your fitness level contributes a lot to your ability to surf a certain board you know um, I'm sure if we all jumped on like tiny little short boards you're going to struggle if you're just an average everyday surfer a weekend warrior mm. when you look at people surfing pipeline whatever they surf every day all day at the highest level you're not going to 
get what you want. You're not going to have a good time if you're on a board like that. Um, but in terms of buying off the rack, I think that companies dial down what they're making for their athletes to be a bit more user-friendly, and that's more what we do here. You might see something inspirational in a board that someone's using and then adapt that design and bring some of that and make it work for the waves that we have here and the level of surfer that we're talking to. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so that means yeah, people will see a board that they like and you could actually replicate that board but to suit UK waves. That's good. I mean, you've got to be pretty clever to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think with um, off-the-rack boards, I think that also comes down a lot to the retailer and to make sure that they're recommending the right things to the customers. You know, There's nothing inherently wrong with buying a board off the rack, but it's as long as you have the right information and the right guidance on what's right for you and where you want to surf. And I mean, essentially the same thing that, that we do with customs, really. Um, that customer's got to be guided into the right, the right board for them. So, yeah. Is anybody looking at getting a custom board? Has anybody Anyone seen out there any got today? any questions? Come on, help us out. Ask a question. Somebody. Got it, Could you go up to the mic and, uh, and ask a question? Just, you know, to make it more awkward. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> uh, First of all, fantastic to have you all here. I was talking Thanks, to Ben man. earlier, and he didn't realise there were so many other circle shapers in Bristol. So even if that's just connecting you up, then it's been worth it. Um, my question is, are any of you doing this full-time, or is it just a passion? And if you could do it full-time, would you? Because the passion may no longer be something that you became a sort of hindrance to you. Good question. <laughs> He's much better than us. He should host a podcast. <laughs> yeah, Phil. Do you want to sit here, Phil? <laughs> Excellent question, Phil. Um, I'll, go, I'll go first. I'm more than full-time. I'm, I'm about double that. Um, I'm very lucky to have some wonderful guys working for me as well. Um, but yeah, between the repairs that we do and customs, I mean, I think last year I produced, well, it was over, over 100 custom boards last year, which is pretty phenomenal. And it made me a very, very, very busy man with an angry wife and poor sleep patterns. So. <laughs> what about you guys? You, uh... Uh, I have two jobs. I make custom boards, and I'm also a model maker, set builder for film, TV, animation, point of sale. So it's all quite arty and design based, and they kind of complement each other. Make enough boards to keep me happy, and yeah, I mean, maybe one day I will switch over to full surfboards. But at the moment, just taking it as it goes. Well, I'm doubling my workspace at the moment, so. Oh, great. That'd be good. (laughs) I'm the exact same. I'm at two jobs. I shape boards when I can and I work in events building like kind of stages and props and yeah like built elements cool cool uh, yeah it's uh, two jobs for me as well I do visual effects for film and TV uh, like four days a week and then when I'm not doing that I'll be in the bay um, in Dom's workshop uh, without him I wouldn't have got anywhere so far so it's awesome um, but yeah uh, I think that I don't know I would like to do it full time push it more but then as Phil said there is a danger in doing that that you suck all of the fun out of this activity and it becomes a grind so yep. hopefully yep. I'll find a healthy balance but yeah way more surfboards than sitting behind a computer would be where I want to be yes but, definitely yeah. yeah well what about you Don is it 
doesn't seem to have sucked the pleasure out of surfing for you, seeing you're doing it double time. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it makes surfing impossible, if, if that's what you mean. <laughs> then no, it's still enjoyable. The three times a year I get to go. Uh, no, I, went, I, I am went, joking. Hey, it's I phenomenal. I with you not long ago, actually. Yeah, we did. I, I saw you for about ten minutes, and then yeah. uh, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it, it was no, a good ten minutes, though. Yeah, so. Well, you caught a right, and then I caught a right, but my right went halfway down the beach and I couldn't find you again I couldn't be bothered to look for you to be honest <laughs> to be honest I was enjoying the peace and quiet but <laughs> that said such a lovely man yeah it was yeah no he is a lovely man um, in, in all seriousness it's a, it's a phenomenal um, occupation I love it I, I even when I'm working really hard and you know the long days and all that stuff it's all worthwhile it's all super rewarding and it's a phenomenal industry to be a part of surrounded by amazing people What's not to like, right? So you get resin in your beard. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's true. Is that? That's, that actually brings up a really good question. Start with you, and we'll go round. What's the worst mishap you've had while shaping? Styrene in the eye. Oh, yeah, more than more than once. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs a good eye exfoliation from time to time. It's uh, yeah, it's a new trend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ben? Uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm quite careful. <laughs> <laughs> I wear protection. <laughs> Fully masked and goggles and everything. Come back to me. I'll, I'll come back no, to you. No mishaps. Uh, I guess before really understanding the importance of like insanely flat stringers on boards, I kind of, at some on one board I think it was, it was kind of sanding through and because there was a slight raised section of my stringer on my deck, the kind of sander went through the glass mm. to the stringer. And that was obviously a lesson learned that I've made that board like not watertight and burnt a hole through it. And that was how, how much, flattened stringers. How much did that lesson cost you? Yeah. <laughs> 300 quid? <laughs> um, I've stopped the power sander with my hand. That was pretty painful. Um, yeah. Never do that. That's, that was just met with silence. That was just everyone just, oh, sorry if you're eating. Stop the power. It was on accident, not on purpose. Just <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. yeah. Um, okay, great. Right. Yeah, you win. <laughs> Anybody else have any other questions? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try something out here. I've, I've stolen it from someone else, so we'll see how this goes. But all of you shapers, put your hands up. And then put your hands down when it's not a yes to my question. Okay? So. Interesting. <laughs> when it's not a yes. Wait, let me, let me okay, try yeah, cool, cool. So, if you're a woman, put your hand down. If you consider yourself from an ethnic minority, put your hand down. Do Australians count? No. <laughs> Do gypsies count? <laughs> I guess if you're under the age of like 25, put your hand down. So there's obviously not that much diversity like in shaping. Yeah. So how do we create boards that are like for a diverse population, you know? Great and question. That's an you... amazing question. Yeah. Would you like a job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's an amazing question. Um, and it's true. I mean, the industry is full of old white guys. Yeah. How, how do you go about making changes for that then? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I think um, really um, being open to anyone coming to you 
yeah. for a for a build, just man, woman, any whatever doesn't matter. Like just being open to shape and make help someone along with their journey, whoever they are, whatever they are. You know, just being open to that. I guess is the start. I guess um, like Dom's saying, it's quite traditionally like you learn from an old white dude who's passed it down to his white kids, yeah. who then pass it down to their white mates. Kind of, it's kind of traditionally that way, which yeah. is not. Um, something needs to be worked on but something that is kind of yeah I guess the way it is yeah Yeah. would you feel more comfortable in that sense getting a board shaped by a woman I feel like they'd understand me better because they start probably more similarly yeah yeah so but I honestly don't know a woman who shapes like me neither only on Instagram (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's a broader problem across the entire of sort of the surf media and what is put out. It's very much white guys, like women are underrepresented massively. Um, yeah, as are, um, you know. Just, just in the yeah. community Every, in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody, yeah. Did you, sorry, did you say that you knew some female Sherpas? Yeah. Send me, like, send me their names. <laughs> 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 well, if you're here tomorrow, I'll fill you in their names in tomorrow. I just need to look them up. They're not, they're not customers of mine, so I don't know. So do you guys notice any barriers that might stop women or ethnic minorities getting into shaping? Or is, there a, is it just... The- I mean, aside from the fact that the industry is full of white guys, yeah. no. Um, but they're not barriers that I would notice because... I'm not from an ethnic minority and I'm not a woman so yeah, yeah you're asking the wrong person to be honest no that is that is the problem with the, with the I mean we come though, across this quite a lot just yeah. doing the podcasts um, but, but um, we do have a lot of we get a lot of um, female listeners messaging us actually uh, so we've interviewed Yvette from Wave of Heens, um, and it is, it is just a problem in general isn't it yeah, um, it just like the guys said, it just seems to be that way, I think it's, and nobody knows how to really change that. You know, it's it, uh, the only thing you can do is just be as inclusive as possible and give people the opportunities. So, I mean, we have whoever on the, we've said from day one that it doesn't matter yeah, doesn't matter who you are, you're just a surfer to us, and you'd come on, yeah. and that's it. It's strange because you know, I think surfing as a culture is quite it's quite open, embracing, and people are generally friendly. I'm decent, you know, and so it's odd that it's yeah, it's yeah. present in the yeah. surf culture. Yeah. No, yeah, it I is. know what you mean. It is for a culture that is so open. When you speak to people, it seems to be so closed off as well. Yeah, it unifies us all, doesn't it? Yeah, the whole surf, and p- particularly the the UK surf community as well seems to be very unique, um, and. You know, and it's super friendly, and so yeah, it's a bit strange why it's just not more diverse than it is. Well, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Yvette, who we mentioned from Wave Rohini, so she's uh, a lady of colour and obviously a woman as well, and she has met barriers before which is why she started a female surf club um but from talking to her the the feeling we got is it is improving and things like social media 
help with that, you know, that more people see, say, women, for example, surfing, and it makes them feel like they can go. And also having clubs like hers around uh, just gives somebody that kind of... They feel more safe in that space to go and try surfing for the first time. But, you know... (sighs) But we said the, the community is, is an open community, so it's just a bit yeah. strange why it's like... I agree with you completely. Yeah. Like, mm. I think it's definitely going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think it's just interesting to see here today, like, mm-hmm. people who are shaping the boards also, like, as you'd expect, just not being, like, diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, like, how you speak is more, like, a passive engagement in trying to solve that and change it. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you be more active... In the change. I would. I know this isn't actually like said anywhere or done anything, but and not to like individual myself out at all. But mm-hmm. all Phoenix boards are tested by women, mm-hmm. so all our feedback and tests are actually done by women. We don't test with men, mm-hmm. so that's our first initial step into moving forward to being a lot more open to shapes, sizes, ages, genders, whatever. In like. Yeah, that, I guess that's a first little step is to strictly be testing with women. So that's my start to that problem. Yeah, yeah. Great question, though. Like, yeah, brilliant question. Great no, question. No, 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 so good. Brilliant question. It's it's something that needs addressing more. And like Leighton said, when we were speaking to Yvette, she came up with some great examples. And one of them was they had a morning surf video when all the women went out in the morning. And she said these two guys paddled out thinking they were going into a lineup and suddenly realised they were surrounded by women and they like paddled women. away very quickly, like very scared. <laughs> yes, and, you know, the tables were turned yeah. on that day. <laughs> and like you said, we, being white men, we can't understand what that, what that feeling is like. So for us to know how to change it is something we're going to have to be told so you're gonna have like you're gonna have to tell us what we need to do to change it because we're only gonna be looking at it from our own point of view. So I think that's where the conversation's got to start. I hope that kind of answers. Question. Good. Good. Cool. Anyone else got any further questions for these guys, or we will let them go and we'll get the uh, wooden. Yeah. So the, the, the well, next said the wooden group guys. of the wooden guys. <laughs> the wooden guys. So the, the next group of people on stage are um, Velamo Surf um, and Emperor. Emperor Surf. So they create timber surfboards. Chris. Um, Chris from Logfin Co deals with fins for for large uh, longboards. We've also got um, Arbro Skateboards here, who I don't know if you've seen the guy who's absolutely ripping out there on the skateboard earlier. Um, surf skates. Uh, and I think that's it, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, and it, so you can ask those guys questions. If you give, just give us five minutes for a turnaround. Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, could you go up to the mic? That'd be great. Uh, so I just wanted to ask about sustainability and how you guys address because you're all shaping with plastic and how you're addressing that problem. Absolutely. Um, I'll jump on this mm-hmm. first, so that's cool. Um, sustainability is a massive issue. Um, I think everyone probably has different approach to this. Uh, the big thing that I notice from, from running a very busy repair workshop is what we have coming through our door. The vast majority of boards coming through the door damaged through very little use are not built from traditional materials. Um, 
there seems to be longevity issues with EPS built boards. That's just in my experience and everyone has a different take on this. Um, that's probably the main reason I don't use it with respect to everyone present. Um, so my, my take on that is I don't build boards that last for a season or two. I build boards that last for 20 years. And I think keeping them out of landfill at the moment with the current products that are available is the best way forward. So that's why I do that. Unless you build a board for Leighton and it lasts. What's that? Unless you build a board for Leighton and he just drives it into the floor at the wave. But it's still going. It's still going. going. It's all repaired. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. all repaired. Yeah, I'm exactly the same as Dom. I build boards to last. And even if that means spending an extra 150 quid on... Dave's S glass, which is stronger. It's like if a board doesn't last, it's pointless. I mean, what's the point in buying some ch- cheap junk from China? Which is even, it's not even cheap. A lot of the stuff's coming from China. It's, they charge top dollar, and it just doesn't last. So like, that's the that's the biggest thing you can do. I mean, you can cut down. I also try not to use too much resin. Not much resin goes on my floor. I have a special technique of doing my resin. I brush the rails. I don't pour it, and that saves me like. I don't know, half a kilo, sometimes to a kilo of a board of resin, which is quite a lot. There's, just, there's ways you can do your best. I mean, you'll always have, you always have waste, but you can do your best, and that's all you can do, really. Yeah, yeah. it's a very wasteful industry. A lot of a, uh, lot of scrap and rubbish comes off from making boards. But I think if you, if you, well, trying to be really militant with like separating plastics and really trying to like keep cuts and like saying use of resin to an absolute minimum if there is any excess resin try and turn into other products like finkies and indo boards and just any um so balance boards that you can um you can use them for and just yeah try and re- reuse products that would just end up on your floor like you're saying um yeah so apart from what these guys have said going forwards i think uh there's going to be more eco and reusable materials available. So there's a company in France called Polyola. They make uh, recyclable blanks. They're made from like a wood pulp. They still have a bit of PU in them, but uh, you can send them back their offcuts and they'll turn them into fresh blanks, essentially. So that will be, uh, be awesome. I think they're made so, of plastic bottles, aren't they? Um, I think it's wood pulp and plastic bottles. I'm not sure. I think so, yeah. Um, but things like that coming on, and hopefully more and more materials will be like that, where there's more of a closed loop mm. and you can reduce your waste. And yeah. Yeah, because the, the surf industry, well, the surfers are just naturally eco minded, aren't they? Because they're, they're, you know, riding on the waves, which is obviously natural and things like that. But the actual industry itself is not as much. So it's really yeah. difficult for a surfer to make the right decision if there aren't many products for them to do that you know so yeah so things like that like recyclable blanks yeah. well from my point of view I'd like to encourage you all to use uh, EPS blanks because uh, uh, EPS is um, is recyclable um, it's not easy to find anywhere to do it but uh, it, it can be done um, the epoxy that uh, we supply is uh, a bio epoxy, so 30% of it is uh, is bio. Um, that's that comes from um, a waste product from uh, the uh, uh, paper industry. Um, so, um, and we do have uh, some cellulose uh, fiberglass. Um, 
like all those materials like flax they're not easy to work with um, but it, the cellulose material is 100% made from wood pulp so um, you know it, but uh, we've got to encourage you guys to to, to use it and uh, you know move away from those traditional materials fantastic uh, yeah I think I think it's another one that sort of relates to the last question as well where the whole surfing industry has been stuck in not a rut but sort of stuck in its ways for so long that it's, it's it hasn't been diverse it hasn't thought about the environment and it's just been this is the way we do it and along comes the next one and this is the way we do it and i think it's you're seeing throughout companies now that it's slowly starting to change things are things are starting to move in the right directions like there's wetsuits that are coming out now that are yeah like so we've got a, a wetsuit on display that got given to us by surface wetsuit which is an eco wetsuit um i don't really know what makes it eco it's something to do with japanese limestone the way that they it's, yeah i think it's the process that yeah. they make it it's more sustainable wetsuit and i think things things that we've seen no it's not you lex i don't think the things that we've seen in the surf industry are starting to move in the right direction slowly but I think a lot of it needs to be pushed a lot break, further. Break, to break the tradition. Then, yeah, really, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, it needs to be shaken up a lot in some respects. I just want to add here, um, genuinely, the best, only long-lasting, eco-built boards, that, in my opinion, are made from timber. And the guys that you'll see come up here next, they genuinely do make sustainable surfboards they have incredibly low environmental impact and will last a lifetime. They will last a lifetime. They are phenomenal. I don't build them because my customers don't want to pay 1500 quid for a shortboard. Like that's, that's the reality. They, they just don't. And that's what you need to charge and quite rightly because instead of taking four hours to shape that shortboard by hand or you know, 40 minutes to scrub it out from a CNC cut, they're putting in three days of labour or four days of labour before they fibreglass it. So there's a certain amount of um, friction there between the producers and the customers because ultimately customers can't always afford to pay 1,500 quid for a shortboard despite the fact that it is genuinely the most eco-friendly way to do it. So... It's food for thought. Yeah. What I'm saying is, don't buy boards from me. Buy them from Noah and Matt. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that's so, a, a good segue into getting the guys up here. So, yeah. um, if there's no other questions for these guys. Yeah, we'll go and grab the timber guys and there's a few other guys as well. So if you give us five minutes to go and pull them away from all their customers they've got at the moment. Which is late. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, think some questions for those guys. We'll be back in two minutes. Thanks for that, Shapers. So the Q&A is in two halves. That was the first half with the traditional Shapers. Yeah. By that, I mean guys that shape out of foam. Yeah. Um, and now we go into the second part of the Q&A, which is with the guys that shape from timber. So our hollow timber surfboard Shapers. And there is also... Nick from Shiner, who was uh, representing Arbor Surf Skates and Boards. Yep, and also Chris from Logfinco. Logfinco. Yeah, yep. we got to meet Chris at last from Logfinco. Super lovely guy. Super lovely guy. We always say that, but he <laughs> is actually genuinely 
proper nice and proper funny also there's a little bit of audio i've left in that he said when you weren't there just for you at the end of this as well so you'll get to hear that when uh, this okay. comes out excited <laughs> he's not <laughs> here we go hi guys all right uh yeah so quick turnaround i just want to say thanks to the other shapers uh they're back in the other room if there's a question that you had that you didn't want to ask in front of everybody which is fine um so yeah go through and see those guys so who we've got up here now is what Velamo Surf. Uh, we have Emperor Surf. We have uh, Logfin Co. And we have Arbro Surfboard, uh, Arbro Skateboard. Sorry. Um, so Timber Surf Board Shapers uh, and um, specialist in uh, longboard fins and also Specialists. surf skates and stuff. So a bit more diverse up here with, with not just shapers. So. Bearing in mind what uh, Dom said about um, sustainability with with surfboards, so these guys here make the most sustainable surfboards you can buy at the moment. So, questions, uh, you're welcome to to um, say them at the question mic. If not, we'll just kick off. So, does anybody have a question before we start? So, no. Anybody? Any questions about the timber construction or longboard fins or even surf skates? So you saw this guy ripping out there earlier, right? Yeah, if not, he can do it again later, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, should we start with, because uh, our last question was about the sustainability of surfboards. And Dom kindly said you guys were coming in next. He actually said, don't buy a surfboard off him, but off you guys. I'll believe that when I hear it <laughs> from the horse's mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm particularly interested in... Uh, in what you guys do because I'm just from my background I I'm work as a joiner in the daytime um, and you guys come from a similar background but you've also surfers and you've moved into creating these timber surfboards and not only do you shape boards for other people but um, you guys are looking at putting on workshops so people can come and shape their own boards with you as well so do you guys want to kind of describe how that would work to yeah so basically uh, I'd say the the biggest joy of surfing a wooden surfboard is basically the process of taking it from the raw materials to a finished board and being able to sit out back on something that you've created, basically. I think that's what speaks to me the most. And I think if I can market that, wrap that up, and basically give any knowledge and insight that I've got over the past years, all the random little tools that I've acquired that will make your life so much easier... If I can package all of that and make a very pleasant week-long kind of course, but, you know, retreat, escape, whatever, you know, that you can then walk away with uh, a beautiful timber surfboard at the end of it, like, probably is the most sustainable board, you know, currently, and made of, like, a really beautiful material. If I can package that up, I think that's the way I want to go, to be honest. Yeah, that's... uh... (laughs) I, sorry, I was just listening to you. I, I was in awe of your lioness looks. Um, to be honest, I, it's I never did, easy I, with I, you, I is it? I'm no, 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 sorry. So, um, if if somebody came to a workshop, uh, what would they get straight away? Like, what are the bare bones that they have to work with? Basically, I'd do what I would consider the very boring bit of taking the timber milling it into long, flat, straight boards, gluing them together, 
to make basically the tops and bottom skins. So you'd end up, that's where the course starts effectively. You've got these two panels of timber joined together. Of course, the discussion starts before that as to what colours you want, what designs you want, what materials you want to include. That's all like a discussion leading up to the beginning of the course. But on day one, you show up and we start gluing bits together, start the actual forming of the shape of the surfboard. And that's kind of where we start. I'll just come in here. I think, <laughs> I think yeah, there's only so much you can provide. Well, there's only so much you can expect someone to be able to do on a course. So you need to kind of have the building blocks there for them initially. So having those skins made, for example, the skeletons made in advance is something that I don't know, you wouldn't have well, you wouldn't expect someone to have the knowledge to be able to do themselves and you need to have, you know, put that in place beforehand. Yeah. So that's it, that's what you gotta say. So the, the the shapes you guys do, you you can shape any tim any board at all, any shape you like. Or do you guys have your own shapes that you like to use? In terms of our own models or designs? Yeah, would somebody be able to kind of design a Oh. I'm still on. Yeah, would somebody be able to design like a custom board and then and then you guys could kind of get all those better? If, if someone had their own plans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we could definitely yeah. So yeah, people yeah. could make whatever they like, then they could come and shape their own board. Theory, yeah, their own in theory, board. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. If you could get us the plans that we could then translate into a skeleton, that's definitely achievable, yeah. Yeah. So does anybody have any kind of uh, thoughts about that, about you know, maybe taking a course? That you could shape your own board? Is that something that you'd like to do? Um, or if you have had a board that you love and you wanted a replica in wood, that's also something that could oh, be done. Awesome. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So somebody yeah. could bring you a board and say, I want this. Yeah, yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And what, what is the sustainability life of a wooden board? Is it like... like the lifespan? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, very long. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had one long enough yet. To, no, I mean he's so young. Yeah, <laughs> I've had. I mean, I've had. I've got a couple that are several years old, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. Um, I mean, I've got one. I've showed a few people here that I've taken to the wave numerous occasions and smashed into the concrete wall over and over again repeatedly, and that thing has never been repaired, and it's still it's still going fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully not. But yeah, in terms of sustainability well longevity yeah they will last forever they're very very durable i mean you you will obviously need occasionally to repair fiberglass but if you do need a wood repair like we can we can offer that surface that's not that's not a problem as opposed to going to someone like dom at bristol board uh, bristol surf repairs yep. but sustainability wise sorry i just on what you were saying then how difficult is a repair on a wooden board compared to a repair uh, Definitely more challenging, but Matt has more experience with this than I do. So, <laughs> does that mean you've smashed more boards? Oh well, yeah, basically. <laughs> I took my um, my pride and joy on an EasyJet flight <laughs> recently, and part, it was partly me and it was partly them. I left the vent plug in, and yeah. that it went pop, and the the nose opened up. But there were definitely signs of it being lobbed from somewhere as well. Right. Anyway, I hadn't taken the best care of this board. And I've managed to patch it up. It's unless I point it out, you you wouldn't you wouldn't notice. No. 
So, um, with regards to the vent plug, uh, do you want to yeah. describe why a timber surfboard needs to be vented? So, basically, you've got a large volume of air trapped inside kind of what is a surfboard. It's hollow, so you've just got this big volume of empty space inside, and as the air gets hotter and colder, it will change kind of in volume. It will expand and go to a, a higher pressure, basically, and that can actually pop your surfboard. That can break the boards apart um so you've got a vent plug which is effectively a hole that goes into the chamber um and in there you put you screw in this little plug that's got a Gore-Tex membrane so the air can get in and out but the water kind of stays out to keep it waterproof and that's kind of replacing uh, an older technology which just be put a bolt in there take it out when you get out of the sea put it back in when you get back in the sea but so many people will have accidentally left that in and, you know, that would be uh, an annoying repair given that it's <laughs> entirely your fault as my EasyJet <laughs> experience. <laughs> so even the people in the business make mistakes. <laughs> Especially the people in the business right, make yeah. mistakes. Become complacent. And then if we moved on to fins, yeah... So fins is a really difficult area anyway. It's like a, a whole other law into itself, isn't it? So it's not all about the shape of a board, is it? It's the no. fins make a huge difference yeah, as well. Yeah, a massive difference. And the thing is, there's so many variables about it as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just you buy a fin. There's shape, there's rake, there's pivot, there's base. The flexibility of the fin as well, that makes a huge difference yeah. as well. So, yeah. It's not a straight cut. <laughs> no, so on your website, there's yeah. um, lots of different fin options, and they will describe which one is best for certain things. So, yeah. for instance, you deal with longboard fins, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So um, what, what would the difference be in those? So you've got sort of three main types. So you've got the flex fin, you've got the pivot fin, and then you've got the all-rounder. So the all-rounder is um, in between the pivot and flex. Mm-hmm. So all-rounder obviously yeah and then the pivot is more for nose riding because mm-hmm. uh, it's got a larger volume and stuff like that so you can nose ride and it, it just creates drag um and then you've got the flex fin which is really smooth and fast surfing right yeah so, that's so you can really groups. really rock it down the line yeah like that, yeah. yeah and then you won't as soon as you put the uh, rail in mm-hmm. you won't scrub off much speed because the fin will flex instead oh we see right, yeah. okay. and then as soon as you disengage it'll it'll flex back into normal pattern and then you'll be down the line again so when it when it flexes when, and then you um, when it flexes back does that give you yeah. propulsion as yeah, well it drives you through the turn as okay. well yeah yeah so you've so got a works. really good surfer to be able to surf all of those yeah, yeah. that's not for us <laughs> <No>. <laughs> especially pete uh, any questions Cheers. about fins? Because <laughs> he knows a lot about fins, so in particularly longboard fins. Anybody any questions? No, it's a really difficult subject. How do you make them? Would you, you, would you like to come up to the mic? It's going to be for the podcast, oh, okay. so and uh, we're going to yeah. use your voice as audio. <laughs> hello, podcast. Hello, audio. Um, how do you make your fins? I import them, them all from America. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you, want to, do you want to talk a little bit about the fins you import and yeah, I, the people yeah, behind who make yeah. them and where they've come from? Yeah, sure. And, and who you supply as well, because you're yeah, I some su- major people. Yeah, I su- so. I'm, I'm one of the main UK distributors of um, Flying Diamonds of California. So, they're uh, um, obviously in California. Uh, they, they're run by surfers. So, they've got free reign on design and shape 
whereas most other fin companies, they, they're all really restricted and what they can do and stuff. So you've got all the best in the world, like CJ Nelson, Taylor Jensen, even Ben, our own Ben Skinner, he's got his own fin model as well with yeah. them guys. Kai Salas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so riding the fins that you. Yeah, you know. I ride. Yeah, I've tried most of them out as well. Yeah. So yeah, I know how they feel in the foot and stuff like that. So, so. you can surf like uh, Ben Skinner, that can I? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if any of you got any questions at all about like fins, fin placements, anything like that, like yeah. Chris is the one to speak to, yeah. and I mean, you go onto his website, Logfin Co. and. Yeah, it might help you out. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> uh, so, has anybody tried any of the surf skates that have been on demo out there today? No, do you have a go? No, what do you uh, think? Good fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good fun. I've got one of my own, and it's different to that. The, your your truck system is very different. We can get you some sweet new trucks. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Come see me afterwards. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is this is like one of the questions I had about surf skates. Every single one we've tried. So you've got a slide. I've got a slide, I've yeah. got a smooth star. Smooth star, yeah. And you've got the Arbor one out there. And every single one of them reacts differently to so the way you move. Yours is a yo, right? Yeah. 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 yeah and yours, yours, yours reacts differently as well. So surf skates are made for surfboard training on the land, you know. And like I was saying earlier, more or less shortboard training. How do you find them different? And how is your product different to the rest of them where... It manipulates the movements on the land. Well, I mean, it's a good thing to start with when you're having custom shaped boards. It's good to have the variability. Yeah. Everything works differently. Uh, we work with Carver trucks. They're essentially the OG surf skate truck. And it works on like a three-point swivel. And I've got to be honest, I've been a skateboarder for a long time. When I first saw a surf skate, I thought, well, that's a skateboard with a really loose front truck. Anyone can achieve that. But after really having a go and surfing, I don't surf as much as I skate, but I really have noticed that the turns that you can get on a surf skate, especially through a carver truck, with the fluidity and the amount of washes and bushings that are in it, it allows you to really hit lines that you can't hit on a normal skateboard. So it really is there for a cause, and it really does work. Everyone that I've spoken to, regardless of their setup, their board, whichever one they have, Everyone says the same. It really helps with the surfing. I mean, I saw it like when you jumped on that board, you instantly knew what you were doing, swinging your hips like you were generating speed on the face. You know, everybody knows how to do that. And I think they've done really well to like pinpoint that motion and make it happen. What are they like on like price wise compared? Because I know if you look at a carver board, it's like 400 400 pounds for a top of range carver surf skate. Arbor sits around 250, 260, so just underneath, but. The good thing, the company I work for, which is called Shiner, we license Arbor, so we have a hand with all the design, the manufacturing, uh, so luckily we get to sit it at a quite lower price point, um, but it's a well-made board. Arbor essentially make proper skateboards with really good dense wood, good trucks, wheels, and they're built to last. If you look after it, it'll last you a lifetime. I know I'm a salesman for the brand, but that's just how it is anyway. They're really well made. And um, when we were chatting earlier, did you say that the, the decks are shaped by surfboard shapers? The two boards were initially hand shaped by Ryan Lovelace and Tyler Warren, which were scaled down, uh, made into Canadian hard rock maple, which is the standard that all popsicle skateboards are made, and put the carver trucks on, some good soft wheels. So it's about as close as you're going to get to an actual surfboard on yep. the land. 
Yeah. Cool. Well, we, we, I mean, it's just an activity in itself, isn't it? Like, yeah. If you're like 99% of uh, UK surfers, well, like kind of landlocked surfers and weekend warriors and stuff, a surf skate really quenches that, that thirst for the surf. Um, it does for us anyway. And we're, we're about where we live, we're about an hour and 20 minutes from Saunton, where we like to surf to most, uh, 30 minutes from the wave. Just not rich enough to surf there regularly, um, and the surf skate is kind of the bridge in between, isn't it? That just keeps yeah. you going, keeps you sane. Yeah. So yeah, if you haven't tried one yet, then we definitely recommend it. And uh, this guy definitely knows what he's doing, and he can show you how to ride it as well. So. If anyone's around tomorrow, we have demo boards ready, and if you want to risk it around some very expensive fiberglass, please feel free. <laughs> So, anyone got any questions for any of these guys out here? Timber boards, fins, surf skates. Surf skates. Does everybody want to have a go on a surf skate and we can all kind of watch and laugh? That'd be great. <laughs> no, no, okay, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, if there's no other questions, then we'll, we'll wrap it up and let these guys get back to uh, creating some interest around their businesses and stuff. Um, thank you all for coming today. Again, we really thank uh, Andre for putting this on. This is great for the UK surf community, particularly in Bristol. Um, if, you're, if you're a landlocked surfer and you just kind of want to be in, immersed in the community as much as possible, listen to our podcast. That would be great. You know, we'll just basically chat rubbish um, and people listen, which is really weird. So we're just about to tap, t- uh, tip over the 100,000 download mark and we're just blown away by that because it's a bit of a lockdown idea. Um, we're totally rubbish at surfing absolutely awful at surfing but if we tell people that we're bulletproof you see so when people see us in the wave go you're phenomenally shit surfing like, we know we told you we do it like, so. <laughs> so um yeah if you if you want to feel like uh you know you, you need that kind of surfing hit then we provide that uh once every fortnight on a monday so today's podcast has come out is with an rl and i beach lifeguard who's talking about basically beach safety because we're coming up to the summer season. Uh, he's got a great story about binning off David Hasselhoff because he wanted to go surfing instead. So David Hasselhoff came to Woolacum to do some filming and said to the RLNI beach lifeguards, oh, do you want to come and meet me in my hotel for a drink later on? And they went, it's three foot and clean, mate. No, sorry. And so, so David Hasselhoff is stood at the bar, being stood up by all these like English surfers. You know, so, yeah. what a kick in the teeth! It's, it's a normal <laughs> monthly, our monthly adventures and mishaps, really. And yeah, we do. We speak to guys like this in the in the industry, um, and uh, and we do also speak to just just normal normal guys that are in the community as well. So if you're interested. Give us a listen. And yeah, th- thanks for, for coming along this evening. These guys are here tomorrow as well. If there's questions you thought of or you want to try out surf skates or you know, maybe purchase one of these incredible boards. Or fins. Yes. That's all right. Thank you very much. No, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for that, everyone. Well, what a great day that was. Yeah, it was, uh, it was complete completely different than what i thought of like doing hosting a q and a thinking like oh loads of people come and ask questions and blah 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 but like people just sit there looking at you like yeah and we're like oh we better uh, we'll do what questions. we do with the podcast just wing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but some people said to us oh did you have questions prepared did you and we were like yeah no we just went with it you know yeah. on the day 
we couldn't really prepare a lot for the day, you know, apart from going around chatting to people, which we did. Yeah. And it and was we just, just great yeah, to just, just meet people and people coming through and like saying they're fans of the show and listening to that, the show. And uh, yeah, that is. that's, yeah, that's mind blowing. So thanks to everyone that came down and, uh, said hello and people who came down and saw my board that was down there and now have bought tickets for the raffle loads and loads of raffle tickets yeah. sold on that day yeah and the, on and that the day, day alone. after as well one so. guy bought 10 tickets that's amazing yeah like, thank you so much that's gonna make a world of difference to yeah. um to like the how much we give to surfability yeah so you know it's like I, I don't even know what to say. We, I think we've sold like we've sold over two hundred tickets so far. So we've already raised over a thousand pound for them. That, that's, that's what incredible. I said to you at the beginning. If we can raise a thousand pound, I'd be happy, and we've gone over that already. Amazing, so, absolutely yeah. amazing. So thank you to everyone who's bought tickets. So it's tickets. still going as well. So make sure you go and buy a raffle ticket. You can buy more than one UK only, and let's really bump up that prize even more. The yeah. um, there's two surfboards in there now. Yeah, two surfboards. So Surf there's my board and. A timber board from Matt from Emperor Surf. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like the timber board should be the first prize, but from the start, my board yeah, was yeah. the first prize. But like, you, you know, second prize, you get a timber board, but like first prize, you get my board, you get a sur- brand new surface wetsuit, you get uh, log fin coat, fin, you get north core bag and leash, you get sea monster, sea hanger. monster hanger, you get wax, you get, I, 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 you just get stuff. <laughs> And, so then, and also, the wave, asking, of, the wave have now sent us a £50 voucher yeah, as well. For, amazing, yeah. So we've got to chuck that in there somewhere as yeah. well. So a lot of people are asking, where is it being, when is it being drawn? And we had, didn't actually tell people yeah. that we were so excited about what we were doing. So it's mid-May, isn't it? And so yeah, we've so got an actual date. Yeah, got an actual date now. So the draw will take place on May the 14th, 2022. So what's that, like two weeks? Bear in mind, it is open to the UK only. <laughs> Terms and conditions may apply. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be no good at one of those voiceover guys. <laughs> yeah, so make sure you go and buy your tickets. And yeah, like Pete said, there's also a surface wetsuit in there. So I tried mine. Um, and this time of year, so I, I tried it the day after the Monday of the expo. So I went on the Tuesday and I, I took my boys surfing. And I wouldn't normally put a summer suit on this early, but I thought I'd try it. I've heard great things. I've heard somebody at the expo who I was chatting to, and I won't say the brand that his partner works for, but his partner works for a very, like a a major uh, wetsuit brand. Yeah. So he gets suits massively discounted and he still buys a surface wetsuit. That says something for me as well. Because trying to work out how to say this, the brand that his partner works for is a major, major yeah. surfing yeah. brand. It's one of the big three. Yeah. So, I mean, and he was totally, because I've, I, at that point, I haven't worn it. And I was at, like chatting to him about it. And he says, oh, yeah, I've got one. And I was, and then he said that. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I said, I'm going tomorrow. And it's a winter. I got a summer suit. Like, And he goes, you'll be fine. Just try it. Tried it. The, the thing was brilliant. It was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. I So this time of year, like in like, kind of combination with my Solite boots, was not cold at all. At all. Like, not one bit. Yeah, and it's it's been... So the time of recording this, you would have been going on around, what, April 15th, around that day, 16th, whatever it is, yeah. around then. Yeah, so and yeah, mid-April. I mean, you know, it's, it's still borderline. cold. Yeah, it's still cold. And But, you know, I think some, if you had, like, a really hot day, uh, which we obviously get in April, then a, then a surfer would probably think, oh, I might try my 
my summer suit. Yeah. But then you get in the water and it's bloody yes. freezing. Like, oh but so, so not only that, but I did what you did the other week. I One of my gloves I left at home. So I had to go in with no gloves and I was still warm. Yeah. Isn't that mad? Like, yeah. It, yeah, Didn't it, you do the old Michael Jackson on the way? This is it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, I'm like majorly impressed. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Solite boots. Wow. The Solite boots. You do need your socks. You do need, yeah. I, <laughs> so yeah. the socks help you glide in. I, so first time I went and took my Solite boots, I forgot to take the socks with me. Mm-hmm. And they're a bastard to get on in yeah. if you can't They actually the help get them off as well. Yeah, they mm-hmm. just glide in and out. Yeah. It just like slips right in there. Yeah, so so the socks are a must. But um, so I've I've worn like rubbish boots for years. Um, so I really notice the difference on these. And like, so I get, I suffer from Raynards. Yeah, which is so um, this, like your extremities this, kind of going really cold, and this, like the, the blood comes out of them. This tells you a lot about him. He suffers from Raynards, and he always wears cheap boots. Yeah. <laughs> but this was oh, it was just comfortable. Yeah. You know, I was out. You can feel the board, can't you? Comfortable. Yeah. The yeah, I could feel the board. My feet were warm. My body's warm, and I didn't have gloves on, and I didn't get Raynards in my hands because the rest of my body was so warm do you think that's because the surface wetsuit's so tight when you put it on first well, of all <laughs> that, that is the thing um they they are fitted very very well yeah. so on their on their website when you go down and um you go to select your size they give you a range of say like your your height your weight your you know your waist you, you and got, all yeah, kind of, yeah, your, your chest stuff yeah. and I, you definitely have to do that to get the right one yeah and i'm like borderline on a few of them and mine, it's snug. mine was borderline as well it said careful fatty this might not fit you yeah. <laughs> it, it's snug but the thing is like really stretchy and stuff so yeah. i've got the um, well they stretch don't they they said they stretch to your so you buy, you get them to your thing and um they said they stretch over four or five goes yeah they stretch out good, a little yeah. bit so it might m- like mold around to your body it, shape it, a bit but even though it, like it was really well fitted um it didn't restrict me at all because they are super stretchy but there is also uh, they give you an instructions on how to put them on and yeah, it's as, as specific as like left arm in first when yeah, once you pull it's it up where, around your waist because the zip is the zip hole on the chest is smaller than a than a regular one mm-hmm. and that's for heat loss or something to yeah. stop the heat loss and yeah so you have to put left arm in first and I was thinking what's it matter so you put left arm in first pull it over your shoulder and then it makes sense because your right arm just slides straight down yeah. into it and yeah. it's the same when you take it off you just do that in reverse yeah and it, yeah, the, the whole thing, it was it was brilliant. I was really impressed. So I was in the water for about three hours. Where did you surf? I surfed at Woolacombe. Uh, it was really, uh, it was like a like a, a choppy day, you know, when there's when there's yeah. bumps on, on the wave face. To be honest, I haven't had a good surf in like four months now. Um, I'm, and, you know, so I'm, I'm struggling. Say it as it is. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. But um, that was definitely the better one out of... Out of all the ones in the four in the last yeah. four months, I I just think it's I just don't think I get on very well with winter suits. Like I need like I'm not very flexible anyway. So if something is then restricting me even more, yeah, I really struggle. But the the um the surface suit was brilliant. So I've got the surfaced eco version. Yeah, um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Easy to get off afterwards as well. And yeah, I thought it was um, phenomenal. Like I was really, really impressed. And like the Solite boots as well. Like, do you know what you shouldn't do when you get a new wetsuit? What's that? Try it on when you're in the house on your own. 
What, and then you're sweating in it and it kind of sticks yeah. to you a bit. <laughs> I had the panic. <laughs> I had the fear. I thought I was going to have to run out in the street and ask someone to help me take it off. <laughs> you, know, you know, you get that panic of like, <laughs> and you, you know that's stuck. Like, I can only use describe it. It's like when you're a kid and you put your head through a chair or something for a moment, you think it's stuck. And you're like, <laughs> like I, was, I was at home on my own. And I was thinking, oh shit, I can't get out. I can't get out. I'm sweating. And but, the more you panic, the more you expand, the more you sweat. And like, oh, it's just a vicious circle. Can you remember when we were kids and for some reason used to like scaring yourself like this but you used to get in to the sleeping bag head first yeah and then we would make you put your arms down by your side and then kind of pull it around your feet get panic and then you'd freak out and then we'd just kind of sit back and watch you freaking out on the floor it's like that one where you used to get someone to put their opposite arms through the other arms of their jumper you know (laughs) so they're crossed and then their elbows lock and they can't get out i can feel the anxiety building in me now just thinking (laughs) (laughs) how come it was always me in the sleeping bag Oh, you're just easy to uh, manipulate into doing stupid stuff. Yeah, do that. It's like Ali <laughs> Evans one, isn't it? Lick a battery. Oh, do it again. I was going to. Oh, yeah. Plus, I recorded these two little bits of audio at the end of the uh, podcast. I only got to chat quickly to Dom and Chris as well. So there's these two little bits of audio about what they thought of the show and everything. So this is Dom and Chris. So, Mr. Origin, how have you found the expo? Uh, Google Maps. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> It was amazing. I've had such a great time. You know, it's just been a blast. Um, it's been so good meeting all these new people and actually a load of people coming up recognising me from the show, which was very flattering and humbling. Yeah, well. Um, but yeah, met some cool people. Yeah, sold a few orders. boards, took yeah. some orders, making yeah. some boards, keeping you busy for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's me done. I'm booked out for the rest of the year. Give me a call in 2023. Yep. <laughs> people actually will wait now. <laughs> Don't wait. Please call me. I'm broke. Yeah. So uh, what's been the highlight points of it for you? Uh, Apart from spending time with you uh, and Leighton, I'd say... Leighton was an afterthought. No, do you know what? It's just been such a great vibe. I think that's been the highlight for me. Just hanging out with everyone. It's just such a good crew. Like, the Bristol surf scene's amazing. Like, all the punters are awesome. All the shapers are awesome. All the supplies here are amazing. It's just been an absolute hoot. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Your eyes look nice. Cheers, man. So, Mr. Logfin, how have you found the expo and coming over to the uh, right side of the country? <laughs> right side? I yeah. don't think so. <laughs> 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 no, it's been really good, actually. It's good, really nice scene here. Um, it's just nice to speak to people with very similar interests and from the same backgrounds and stuff, yeah. Yeah. A lot of interest in your fins? Yeah, plenty of interest, thank you. Yeah? Yeah, yeah definitely. Almost, uh, almost knows what you like, you know what you're talking about. Almost, yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fake it till you make it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, that's what we're doing anyway. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, nice uh, nice setting for uh, yeah, definitely. a surf expo and a, yeah. uh, yes, it's a branded pretty. swimming pool that's now a skate park. Exactly, it's, yeah. Do you know what? It's perfect setting, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. perfect, because, yeah, and, yeah, really nice bunch of people as well highlight of the uh expo um i don't know really apart just from selling lots of fins of, apart from that yeah uh just meeting everyone really yeah in, in the sim- similar industries yeah it's been good cool. really good all right then yeah well. and, and Leighton's sister obviously but i'm leaving that in no you're not <laughs> <laughs> you fucking am <laughs> cheers hmm <laughs> highlight of the show was it chris yeah hey <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the best thing about it. The last time I introduced any members of my family to you. <laughs> the best thing about it was he said it, and I, see, I saw his joking face, and he said he saw my face straight away, and me going, I'm leaving that in. And it was that moment of going, oh, shit, why did I say that for? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that no, was a brilliant he, He's day. such a lovely guy, I let him get away with that. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> normally let anyone get away with stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, as we say, it was just a great, Great time. We had a really good time. I was there both days because Leighton scrim shanked on the second day. I don't even and, know what uh, that is. Skived. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, he he missed the second day and uh, yeah, left me all on my own. To be honest, the second day was a hell of a lot better because I was on my own. But yeah, it was a such a comedian. Yes, lol. <laughs> <laughs> I've said lol a lot today. I think. Anyway, yeah, but um, they're they're planning on doing another one, aren't they? Yes. Very, very early talks about yeah. one at the end of the year as well. Yeah, so. might do another one at the end of the year. Was, you know, in all honesty, it was great and we had a really great time. And um, yeah. yeah, roll on another one. Yeah. So, what have we got coming up next? Don't know. Okay, I shouldn't have asked you that question. You've though. got something coming up. Have I? What's that? You've got something coming up in August. Oh, yes. I'm getting married. Yes. Very, <laughs> very like last minute. Yeah. So we, we've been engaged for a couple of years, but an opportunity has arisen. She's for, fed up of waiting. <laughs> yeah, for, for us to get married, but we've got to move quickly. Yeah, so you get married in August. Yes. Yeah. Who's Woo-hoo. your best mans? Y- you and Spoons. You Did I a- not ask you? You haven't asked either of us. We both I, had I the conversation. Spoons, he said the same thing. And he's like, who's your best man we're going to be? I'm like, well, it's you and Pete, isn't it? He's like, oh, I don't know. You haven't asked me. You haven't asked me either. I'm like, at work the other day, I was talking about the wedding. They're like, who's getting married? I'm like, me, in August. They're like, what? Oh, did I not tell you? (laughs) (laughs) Does Rachel know? I got a lot of shit going on in my head. I've just nearly burnt down the ice. Oh, yeah, that's clever. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for today's show then. So don't forget to head over to Buy Me A Coffee. We've got a few more new members there. So uh, thank you very much to every single one of you that's joined Buy Me A Coffee. And now you're part of the Tux tribe. Yes, you are now part of the Tux tribe. So welcome to all of you. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can now rate us on Spotify as well if you listen there. And head over to YouTube and please do subscribe to our channel. Please, please. All that stuff really, really does help us. It might not seem like it it would. And you might think, well, someone else would do it. But if you could just take two minutes and do it, that'd be really great. Do you know what else we should mention? What's that? That we've just passed 100,000 downloads. 100,000? 100,000 downloads? What the hell is that about? Literally. um, So, basically, we were before going, oh, yeah, we're near 70,000 downloads. Turns out where we got you our stats count. from. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I can count. Acast can't count where we our podcast is hosted through. Right. So it was telling us that like our um, Apple downloads was like 26,000 or 28,000 or something. Anyway, I logged into the Apple and the Apple, I logged into the Apple, I logged into Apple and the downloads there is actually 49,500. So right. that's like 20,000 more than they were saying. Right, right. Then uh, Spotify, the the figures were wrong on that as well. They were about 17,000 out as well. Amazing. So I've gone through thousand. all the things individually, mm. and we're, well, I think we we're at 102,000 and something. Amazing. That is absolutely incredible. So everybody that's listened. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, everybody that's listened and supported, like, you have no idea how that makes us feel. That is just amazing. Yeah. And yeah, thank you to everyone that's listened and downloaded episodes. Are you like, not really enjoying it? It's like weird. <laughs> yeah. it's like we just talk shit like we've done since we're 15, but we're now 40. It's a yeah. bit weird. Yeah. Oh, what can you do? Anyway, so 
Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. We don't cheers. really know what to say. It's just like mind blowing. Like, like a hundred thousand downloads. It's, I, like, I know if you look at it to compare to like a YouTube video, it gets millions. It doesn't make yeah. a difference. But yeah, yeah. In the world of podcasting, a hundred thousand downloads is a massive deal. Especially for like a, a podcast, which is kind of. I get the feeling a lot of podcasts fly under the radar and it's just like a, a small group of people that find them yeah. and then like share them with their mates and it's just like this little community around it. So yeah. to have like 100,000 means that that community is bigger than we thought. Yeah. And that, that's mo- absolutely mind-blowing. Like, it's really, really good. Yeah. So thanks It feels lot. like we're not wasting our time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, it could have gone the other way. We could have just been doing a podcast and no one listened to us at all. That would be good. Well, you never know. Acast might have got it wrong again. They go, no, no, that's not 100,000, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so don't know who's next. Can't remember off the top of our heads, but um, we'll see you next time on the next show in a couple of weeks. And uh, I nearly went Jerry Springer again. Until the next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Cheers. <laughs>